I want to ask you something. Have I told you lately that I love you? I do. I truly, truly love each and every one of you and appreciate every one of you. I pray for you. I thank you for being here. I love your heart. I love your love for the Lord. None of this is on my notes, but it just sort of popped out, so I hope that's okay. There is a song called, Have I Told You Lately That I Love You? There's actually two, and I played one of those songs, had the privilege of playing the piano for Michael and Dorothy Deanna's wedding here about 12 years ago, three kids ago. Her oldest just had her fifth birthday, and it was the soulful Rod Stewart version. I have a point here in a minute, so bear with me. It's not the Jim Reeves uh, older country song, but it's a beautiful song, and he does a great job on it. And yes, Rod Stewart is the former rocker dude. He wasn't one that bit the heads off of animals and all that kind of stuff. But I heard an interview with him recently, and he said he found God at a time that he was desperate and needed him so badly. He'd had two or three failed marriages, and now he was with a woman who was a believer, and he said shortly after the Twin Towers in New York City were sabotaged and fell, he said everyone in his band sought God in a church in every city they went to to hold a concert. Before the concert started, he and the band would find a small church where they would feel welcome and go in and pray before they would hold a rock concert. Mm -hmm. And he said, I still pray to the Lord today. And I just think that's such a wonderful, marvelous thing. I'm not judging him or condoning him in his walk with the Lord. I'm just telling you what he said and that I like his later music. I don't care for the rocky stuff, but his standards are absolutely beautiful. And he co-wrote that song, uh, Have I Told You Lately <clears throat> That I Love You. Well, that isn't what we're here for today, but it's just an extra but I do want to say something a little different today. And I'm going to share a story about a song and an author that composed it. His name is Clevant Derricks, and then I'll get into my brief topic with you today. Clevant Derricks. Has anyone ever heard of him? No, didn't think so. He was born in 1910 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He died in 1977, also in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he wrote a song based on these scriptures, and I'm going to read them in the Message Bible because they're astounding in the message. Psalm 36, if you want to look it up in whatever version you like to use, verse 5 and 6 says, God's love is meteoric. His loyalty is astronomic. His purpose is titanic. His verdicts oceanic. Yet in his largeness, nothing gets lost. Not a man, 
not a mouse slips through the cracks. And in Romans 8.34, this was the second verse that he based the words of this song on. The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Amen? So the background, Clavant Derricks, was an African-American man, the father of twin actors, who, be, who were twin sons who became actors. And he's well-educated. He studied at a conservatory of music in Knoxville, Tennessee. He attended Tennessee State University and the American Baptist Theological Seminary in Nashville. By the ripe old age of 21, he was at the Vermont Avenue Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., where he directed a gospel choir with over a hundred voices, and he associated with numerous well-known musicians of the day, including his dear friend, Mahalia Jackson. And I want to say for anybody who's under probably 40 years old, <clears throat> you may not have heard of Mahalia Jackson. I encourage you to look her up because you're missing something if you don't know of her and her music. He pastored several thriving churches and he founded and grew, founded and grew the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. during the 1940s. There are dozens of Ebenezer Baptist churches today having trouble getting this paper to stay on this platform or this uh, table. <clears throat> Derek's established a solid reputation and career as a pastor, choir director, poet, musician, and composer, and he has over 300 songs to his credit. But by far, his song, Don, if you'd get ready to pull that up, his song, Just a Little Talk with Jesus, is his best known and most performed song. But others include, When God Dipped His Pin of Love in My Heart, We'll Soon Be Done with Troubles and Trials. I've heard all these my whole life because my dad had them on records and played them all the time. <clears throat> and he was posthumously entered into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 1984. Although African-American, Derek's music had great appeal to Southern white singers, and the singing conventions took up many of his songs. That's where I heard a lot of these, because Daddy would go to those conventions with Don Dryden and buy up all their records and bring them home. But this was at a time when in history in the United States, white singers did not normally perform or be drawn to music written by African Americans. But many of Derek's songs were published in white, publica white publishers, published them in their uh, publications, including shaped note songbooks. I still have a few of those. 
hard to read, and the publications of the Stamps Baxter organization. And there has been frequent exchange of the music between black and white churches since the days of slavery, and Derek's songs are present in those exchanges, to be sure, even today. Musically, the song Just a Little Talk with Jesus is not complex. Probably why I'm not a fan of it. It's kind of boring to play. It's got like three changes and that's it. But textually, Derek's is careful to include percussive words interjected into uh, between phrases like using the word little constantly through the song, then a little, just a little, have a little, feel a little, know a little, and find a little. That's a lot of littles. And then there's this line about the prayer wheel. I'm going to show you this. The question is often asked, and if it isn't, probably should be explained to singers and worshipers, why is there a Buddhist prayer wheel mentioned in this Christian song? Just take a look at this for a minute. Container. Some are made of wood, some are made of metals and other substances, and inside are inscribed prayers or prayers that are written on pieces of paper can be stuffed inside. And some of them have incense burners in them. Prayer wheels are very commonly used in Tibetan Buddhism. And I can tell you I've been watching uh, documentaries on Tibetan Buddhists. They live in the tundra above Russia and in the absolute bleak, snow-covered year-round almost uh, tundra and they move reindeer that the state pays them to shepherd from place to place to keep the reindeer alive and they use these prayer wheels in their daily rituals that they do. Unfortunately, it's not known what Derek's meant when he included this phrase in his song or what his own personal experience with a prayer wheel might have or have not been. But I wanted you to see what it looked like because the editorial committee of the songbooks in which it was published, his song was published, discussed this line at length and strongly considered removing it and replacing it with something more explicitly Christian. Something like, and I feel the Holy Spirit churning. Doesn't have quite the same ring, but some of the publishers adopted that and some uh, artists recorded that line instead of feel a little prayer wheel turning. But in the end, the committees left the original line in the song for these reasons. Prayer wheels were used by some Christian slaves and later by post-Civil War African-American worshipers. Prayer wheels have been used by Southern and rural Christian white worshipers in private devotions. 
And even today, some Pentecostal churches and charismatics use a form of a prayer wheel. And Christian prayer wheels are still being manufactured. You can buy one on Amazon for about $60. And though the committee struggled at length with editing out this well-known phrase in this well-known gospel song, they also recognize that there may be a place in broader Christian practice. Don't worry, I'm not going to suggest that we use prayer wheels. Sort of. And in the end, the committee realized that the context of the prayer wheel in this song is intentionally Christian, not Buddhist, and may have simply been symbolic. So for me, I'm going to leave it in, and here's why. Kids, if you would pass these out now, please, I would appreciate it. Last year, sometime in the fall, I can't remember exactly when, I began listening to a minister. Her name is Diana Koku. And I learned of her kind of by accident. There's a lady that I listen to, and her name is Dawn something. She's the minimal mom. Has anybody ever heard of the minimal mom? Jan and Jake, okay. Well, she teaches you how to get rid of stuff in your house. Her twin sister is Diana Koku. She's a former pastor, and she comes on to the Minimal Moms program periodically, and she will lead a beautiful devotion. And that's how I found her. She was born and raised on a farm in uh, Minnesota, and she was single through her mid-30s, and she was so seeking the Lord for a husband. And she met a man who is East Indian, and she married him. He's an entrepreneur. He has many businesses going. He's a computer whiz. So because of her age, they began having children immediately almost, and now she's uh, 40 and just had her third child, so she has three babies under four years old. She's a very good Bible teacher, and she referred to this book. Where'd I put it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> she referred to this book in one of her videos. It's called The Hour That Changes the World by Dick Eastman. And that's what you hold in your hand today, an excerpt out of this book. If anybody wants to look at this or borrow it, you're more than welcome to. I've enjoyed the book. In it is the prayer wheel that you see on the front of this paper. It's not the Buddhist type, but it is a prayer wheel based on time and topics. And Eastman suggests that in our prayer time with the Lord on a daily basis, we spend, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> five minutes per slice of this wheel, thus equaling the hour that changes the world. But Diana has very um, young Christians in her audience, and she suggested start with one minute 
and pray one minute around the wheel until you get more comfortable and become familiar with the topics and the time on the prayer wheel. The reason I like this prayer guide above others that I've seen is that it includes some things. I'm having trouble. Excuse me. It includes some things that are often left out of others. Worship on a personal level. Listening to the Lord. Confession of sin and praying scripture. All of which can become overlooked and even become a lost art in our busyness our busyness if we aren't diligent to include them in our prayer time. Each of these slices is broken down by definition, and I want to point out just a few, and then we'll be ready to transition. For instance, item number two, which is on page three, waiting on the Lord, slowing down, stopping our minds, opening our hearts, and waiting on the Lord, which Dick Eastman says is often a form of wordless worship. On page four, praying scripture. It feeds us spiritually with the word, and it ensures that we are praying God's own agenda. Praying God's own words back to him creates faith in us. And he told us to do this in Isaiah 43, verse 26. God said to put him in remembrance of his word. The diagram on page five is very good. It allows us to visualize the greater areas outside of our own little four walls that we need to pray for. And he suggests maybe we target one of those circles a day to make up the week. And finally, on page six, number six. Oh, how we used to talk about this days gone past. How we used to make this such a matter of prayer. Every Sunday night, I can remember this as a child, when we had two services, to concentrate on the needs and the distresses of others and to stand in the gap for somebody else's dire need. I like this tool, and I wish it was in color, but it's not. But I hope that you can use it too. I hope that you can put this in a place to remind you when you pray. Look at these, one minute at a time. It doesn't take very much. If you want to graduate and start to five minutes, if you're a more experienced prayer, and I know all of you are, I wrote to Diana Koku and I asked her, could I use the slides that she used when she gave this uh, devotion and this uh, video? But unfortunately, I was too late because she was already having baby number three, Cora. So (laughs) today seemed the right day to do this since we're limited on time and it has blessed me and I pray that it blesses you too. Amen? And I'm going to turn it over to Don. If you want to borrow this book, you're welcome to. It's not new. 
Um, as a matter of fact, I think it's been reprinted several times, but it's a good one. And that's turning it over to Don. <laughs> 